Alright Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, bringing you another episode of the podcast dedicated only to the Colorado Avalanche. And not the way we wanted to finish up last week. Uh, We will get into two games that were carbon copies of one another and not to kind of beat this into the ground and uh, we kind of like to keep things positive on the show but what has happened to the avalanche the last two games while not ideal uh, it's just the odds of it happening the way that it's happened Uh, I don't bet too much and I'm not a gambling man but uh, whatever the odds were if you told me the two games that ended this week would end the way they did I would have bet the house on it and lost the house so we will dive into those Um, social media is kind of going crazy which is what social media does when something like that happens I'll try to maybe give a little perspective on it and uh, not just want to blame the coach which is what everybody wants to do in this time Uh, it's not really his fault if I say so myself but we will get into that uh avalanche monday night are playing the vegas golden knights which will be their uh last game before the christmas break we'll kind of uh get into that preview but first before we go into all of the madness and bad stuff that happened over the last two games why don't we get into something positive to start the show before all the nonsensical stuff Colorado Avalanche are proud to select with our first pick from the Halifax Mooseheads, Nathan McKinnon. Nathan McKinnon blazing into his own shot. Score! Nate the Great! Uh, he's more of a coach last year, obviously, with him being hurt and not playing, so pretty decent bench boss, actually. He was pretty good back there. Uh, he deserves it, you know. He's a uh... One, one of the best players in the league, and uh, there's no, no, no doubt that he should be the Central Division uh, captain, so it's, it's good, good for him and good for our team. I mean, in my opinion, he might be the best player in the world, so for him to, to be the captain and, and voted best player in our division, it only makes sense. And as if as it was any surprise, Nathan McKinnon gets named the captain of the Central Division team for the All-Star game this year. Um, If you voted, you had up to 10 times to vote per day. Um, I think it was kind of like a foregone conclusion that he was going to get the the captain seat. I don't know if they released the numbers for this. uh, I didn't really look too much into it because it's an all-star game and it's kind of like, well, to some people it means a lot. To others it don't. Um, To him, I'm sure it means something. If you're considered one of the greatest players in the world, you need these things. As menial as they are, you need to be have your resume completed with all-star games, even captains of all-star games. And on top of that, Nathan McKinnon has been been named to a number of all-star games, but he's never really shined at an all-star weekend. Last year he was injured. Uh, it would have been great to see that top line of him, Miko Rantanen, and Gabriel Landeskog playing together 
that line in an all-star game. You hear all the time in all these sports, oh, well, you could put the whole New York Yankees as the all-star team, or, you know, you could put the whole New England Patriots as, a, you know, the Pro Bowl team. Um, but the top line really was uh, an all-star line, and they could have had the opportunity to play as that line in the all-star game. McKinnon got hurt right before the all-star game. Uh, and that didn't happen. Miko Rantanen and Gabriel Landeskog went on to have a phenomenal uh, All-Star game. And if they had won it, <clears throat> I think one of them probably Landeskog maybe would have won the MVP. Um, I remember I think both of them had like eleven or twelve points between the two of them. Again, it's an All-Star game. No defense is being played, but I think for those two guys. It might have been beneficial for them that you know uh, Nathan McKinnon wasn't playing, so they could kind of take the spotlight a little bit more. Uh, it was kind of funny, you know. Nathan McKinnon ended up being kind of like a player coach last year and took the role very seriously. It wasn't just kind of like a gimmick for him. So maybe that's a a sign of things to come when his playing career is over. But maybe more than the game, I know a lot of fans like to see the the skills competitions. Uh, and that's with any all-star game, you know, in, in baseball, there's people that want to see the home run contest more than the game itself in basketball. They want to see the slam dunk contest more than anything itself in hockey. They, they, I th- I like the hockey all-star break the best because they have all of the events are meaningful. Um, and I think Nathan McKinnon's never really been able to take part healthy in the speed competition. So I think what everybody wants to see is a speed competition, 100% between him and Connor McDavid. Um, I know I, it wasn't last year, obviously, because he didn't take part in it. But the year before, he did, but he kind of like blew a tire. And he, he, if he can get a lot his his exact line of skating and get his legs into it and his power into it, and he goes the right route. Oh man, I, everybody just wants to anoint Connor McDavid the fastest, and I am not taking away from his speed at all. He has top-notch speed, but I think if you have these the, these two guys, if you have Nathan McKinnon in the right setting, um, I think he can overtake him, and 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 I would really love to see it. If not, he will be tenths of a second or hundredths of a second behind him. They are that close. There is a video. I'm sure you can YouTube it where Nathan McKinnon went up against a speed skater um, just to see how fast, like, both of them take off. And um, <clears throat> Nathan McKinnon was in full gear in and had a, a hockey stick on him, and the skater had his speed skating outfit on, and Nathan McKinnon kept up with him. And that was from a, a shotgun start and... Um, it's it's an incredible video to watch if if you can go find it. It should still be on on YouTube. So that just kind of tells you his speed, full gear. Um, and they you know they wear the full gear. I don't know if they wear like the shoulder pads or anything when they do the speed skating. I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's an equal level playing field. But that's what I want to see, maybe more than the game, uh, because his speed is. I, I don't want to say it's unmatched because it might only be matched by one person. And that clearly is Connor McDavid. So it's almost like it would be like a three-point contest between like Larry Bird and Steph Curry, like down to the wire. You want to see that uh, that head-to-head competition, and hopefully we get it as long as um, 
neither one of them gets injured before the uh, the All-Star break. We'd love to see that. All right. So we got the nice cities out of the way, and now it's what everybody wants to talk about. And it's these last two games, Carolina and Chicago. And I'm not really going to take one game, talk about it, take the other game and talk about it. We'll kind of just talk about it in totality. Is this a good good look for Colorado? Of course not. I'm not going to take away the point, the fact that they lost two games uh, in the final minutes of both of those games uh, and left four points on the board. Um, there's... There's, there's a, I don't want to say much bigger problems, but there's bigger problems than the Avalanche than losing these two, these two games the way they did. The bottom line is they, they lost the game. Um, and it's the way they lost the game that fans kind of want to latch on to and say, blame, put blame here. That's what we always do in sports is who's to blame. If we have someone to blame, it makes us feel better about ourselves. And right now, that person to blame is Coach Bednar. I am not putting the blame on him hundred percent. Can you put blame on him? Of course you can, because you can. He's part of the team. The team lost, so he gets part of that blame. I think a lot of people want to put more weight on his shoulders than the players, and I don't do that. Um, in the end, it comes down to the players. I don't care what line he puts out there. We have talked uh, many times on the show about him mixing and matching lines and how that's going to be good for this team later in the season. And, and if we want to take any silver lining out of all these injuries, it's that he's able to mix and match these lines and they've won when he does that. Now that they've lost a couple games, everybody wants to jump on him and that's just not fair. He's proven he can win mixing and matching these lines. So why now when they lost the way that they did, do we want to do a 180 and put the blame on him. It doesn't work that way. The Zadorov benching, um, I'm sorry, but I, I don't have a problem with it. Um, it's not like Nikita Zadorov has not been in Jared Bednar's doghouse for a long period of time. He had a good stretch of games and a good week to two weeks of really good games where he was probably the MVP of the team for those two weeks because he shut down uh, major opponents all-stars, that doesn't mean Nikita Zadorov is all of a sudden the all-star of this team and is deserving everything. He still has a lot to learn. And whatever went on between the two of them, it wasn't like it happened in the game and then Jared Bednar took him out. I am certain they've had conversations, running conversations, a running dialogue between the two of them of what he cannot do. And Jared Bednar must have seen what they talked about, he was not adhering to. He knows his place. He said this in press conferences, that he knows his place and he knows his role. If he wasn't doing his role, you take him out for that game. It doesn't mean that he's he's not valuable to the team. It means he just didn't have it that day. We've Nathan McKinnon will go a game where he doesn't score. Miko Rantanen will go a game where he doesn't score. They just don't have it that day. But when you take the player out and you bench him for the duration of a period, that gets blown up a lot. I get that. But is that the reason why the Avalanche lost the game to uh, to Carolina? No. Uh, maybe a one for six on the power play had something to do with it. Is that Jared Bednar's fault? No. That's completely on the players. How you that that we've said it the past couple of weeks. This this team's power play and penalty killing has been really bad. 
they got to turn both of those around. The the Carolina game one for six, the Chicago game zero for three. I was never good at math, but that's one for nine, and you know it's not it's not rocket science to figure out they have to get better there. Um, yeah, I I just I don't want to put all the blame on on Jared Bednar if he wants to change up lines like he does all season long. That then that's no different than what he's been doing this entire season. It's just a fluke thing where these two games have have gone where uh, you know they they just break down in the last five minutes of the game. Now the Chicago game that was a physical game. That was maybe the most physical game I think Colorado has been involved in season. And if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Chicago uh, has not played well against Carolina all year. This was the last game that these two teams are playing against each other, which doesn't really seem right, uh, still being in December, that they won't play each other the rest of the season at all. So Chicago was going to come out fighting, and they really did. Um uh, the the Avs really controlled the first period. Chicago really controlled it from then on out, and and I was I was happy because in the second period, Chicago was was really I don't want to say dominating the Avs, but they had the upper hand in this period, and Colorado ended up with a goal, and it was a great goal. They uh, I believe it was um, Matt Calvert who kind of bounced it off of uh, Chicago's goaltenders back while he was down kind of like a pinball goal, which was great. And they fought for that goal. And that's what you want to see. Even when you're not the best team in that period, you're not going to win every single period in every single game throughout the season. But when you're being outplayed and you're the one that ends up with a goal, I was happy to see that. And I really thought like that was um, something that was going to carry over into the third and it did for most of the most of the game. Like the, it was a very evenly matched game. I would say Chicago had the they were outplaying uh, the the Avs, but the Avs had the three to one lead, and that's great because you're like I said, you're not going to be the the aggressors and be the ones in charge every single game. So if you can have the the upper hand in these games and even come out with two points when the other team kind of really outplayed you, great because that's in the end you're just going to look at the record. Um, but what happened, you know, once Chicago got going, when they scored that goal, um, to make it three to two, then you start getting in your head and, and this is, you know, now that it's, it's actually happened. I think all of us watching that game, were thinking this can't happen again, can it? And then 30 seconds later, they tied it up. And you're thinking it's kind of happening again, but there's still some time to pull this out in regulation, maybe go to overtime. And then another goal is scored. <laughs> you're just like, okay, so yes, this is happening again. It's I feel bad for, for Philip Grubauer. He played two very good games for about 90% of those games between Carolina and Chicago. And then it just all falls apart so does this get into your head how long does this keep up for i think uh this christmas break is coming at a right time you got to get the vegas game out of the way which is going to be a tough game we're going to do a preview of that in a few minutes you got to find a way to come up 
with some points in Vegas. If it's one point, I'm sorry, I'll be happy with that. Um, but it's a point. If you go in to this break with three straight losses, two of the one, two of the ones the way that they happen, and if they lose this Vegas game by any way, I mean, if it happens the way that it's happened again, we might as well just say, okay, uh, maybe we should throw in the towel right now. No, I'm not going to go that far. But um, can you imagine if we had acquired Taylor Hall and then these two games happen the way they happen? Oh, my God. Social media would be blowing its lid. They already are as it is. But if Taylor Hall was acquired and then they lost these two games the way that they did, I think they would be calling for Joe Sackick's head. You know that they would be. But that's a what-if game that I'm only going to play for a minute. Uh, let's hear from Eric Johnson, though, because he – let's hear from Eric Johnson, and then there's one other thing I want to point out about this really quick, quick clip from him after the, the loss to Chicago. Maybe even I got the second one. Then. Mm. On the bench, you know, guys are saying the right things, doing, doing the right things, and, you know, just like I circle back to, I mean, it's three great A's right in our slot. I mean, you just can't do it when you have a lead like that. Your D zone has to be the focal point when that when that happens with the lead, and it wasn't. You cheat the game on offense, and you're going to get burned that way. And uh, you know, if, uh, you let dangerous players get alone in the slot; they're going to score. Frustrating though, because I mean, it's two good games in a row to the last what three, four minutes, and then it's you piss it away. Uncharacteristically, do you guys feel like you need a break right now, heading into the holidays? I know. I feel. I don't think we do. I mean, that's two games in a row now where you know Carolina's arguably one of the best teams in the East, and we were uh, we were real good up until the last couple minutes there. And I thought first period tonight we were real good. Second period they're a little bit better, and then third period we were good until the last you know handful of minutes when they when they you know started getting those goals. But I thought we were playing great till those last handful of minutes of the third period. The last two games real frustrating for us, but. Uh, yeah, I mean it can't happen. We're a young team, but you know we know how to win now. So I think it's uh, something you gotta know how to finish off when you have that that opportunity ahead of you. So that's that's four points we let slip away right for the break. That uh, you know can't we can't let happen. We're, we're we're better than that for sure. So clearly Eric Johnson's not happy. Uh, he's just coming back, so he wants to to win. Everybody wants to win anyway. Um, but is there one thing that you heard or you didn't hear in that clip? It's really anything in the background. This this uh, press conference took place in the locker room in front of his locker right after the game. And normally, even most of the time following a loss, you'll hear players talking to each other in the background. Maybe someone else is doing a, a press conference with some reporters in front of their locker room. There's usually music playing. There was nothing. There was none of that. So you can tell this affected them and affected them in a, a very real way. Uh, do I think that they're dwelling on the fact that they have, it's happened two times in a row the way it has maybe for the rest of that night it did, but in the end it, it's a loss. And I think that's what they care about more. I don't think they care about the way that it happened so much that they had two losses. And that's the thing that they have to figure out is just how to win. Not, not that, you know, if the game gets in the last 10 minutes, you might see them starting to tighten up a little bit because they don't want it to happen a third time in a row or ever again for the rest of the season. So again, this is learning um, aspects of the season. Um, 
but I think they just don't want to hear about them blowing third period leads. You don't want to be known as that team. Trust me. Um, and if you are, when you get into the playoffs, you better believe that you're going to be tightened up a lot more when those games are that meaningful. So do I think this is cause for concern? No, I don't. Does it suck to lose the way that they have? Of course it does. It sucks to lose any game. Uh, but in this fashion, kind of amps it up a little bit where you, you're like, oh, great. You know, how is this? Why does this keep happening? In the end, they're losses. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and dwell on the fact that they blew these leads. I, I, that's my, more of my concern. Not it's so late in the game, um, which is a concern. I'm not trying to minimize that. But the bottom line for me is you had two games that you, you had points on the board, big points. Um, and you walked away with nothing. So if you want to throw the whole late lead thing in there, fine. That, that, that's fair game. Uh, but I can almost guarantee you all the players on the team are thinking, we lost two games. doesn't matter how we lost them. We lost them. All right, so one more piece of business to get to before we wrap up, and we're going to preview the Colorado Avalanche against the Vegas Golden Knights. Last time these two teams met was towards the beginning of the season, October 25th. Colorado won that one handily 6-1. to one. Uh, That was Vegas' one of their uglier games of the season. Uh, really, had they didn't have anything in the tank for that game for whatever reason. So, but However, they are still a plenty good team. They are right in the mix. They are in a three-way tie in terms of points in their division with Arizona and Edmonton with 44 points they're 19 13 and 6 so a lot of overtime losses for this team um as i'm recording this they have not even dropped puck they're playing tonight in san uh in san jose and they lost their last game against vancouver so they're either going to be on a one game winning streak or a two game losing streak coming into that but overall they're they're still pretty consistent um in terms of team leaders, Max Pacioretty is their leader in points with 36. He also leads them in, well, he leads them in goals and assists. Goals with 15, assists with 21. Uh, Braden McNabb leads them in penalty minutes with 32. And plus minus, if you care about that stat, is William Carlson leads them at a plus 7. Um, Stat-wise, they are a Bottom half of the league in goals for at 2.97 uh, in terms of goals against. Again, they're in the bottom half at 2.89, but in the bottom half, meaning good. They're a little bit better um, in the goals against department. And special teams, uh, very good special team team <laughs> in terms of uh, power play percentage. They're at 22.1 which is eighth, and in terms of penalty killing, they are at 83.1, which is ninth. So their penalty killing and their power play is both in the top 10. So don't get penalties, Colorado, um, and we'll see if that will be the deciding factor in this game. Still no Kale McCarr, uh, no real word on him lately, so I'm surprised he's still out. And, uh, you know, he's not going to play this game against Vegas. So maybe he's pretty much going to have this entire week off because Colorado doesn't play until Friday. Uh, is that Friday? Is it 27th? Friday? Yes, 27th is Friday. 
against Minnesota. So maybe he comes back from that. They're actually playing a back-to-back against Minnesota and then at Dallas. So maybe we'll get him by the end of the week. Uh, I don't know. Hopefully we'll get some sort of an update, but I think they're just going to let him have Christmas off and go enjoy it with their family and come back for the, the stretch around the new year. We'll see. But that's going to be it for tonight, guys. I don't know if uh, with the holidays I'll, I'll get a game in, a uh, game summary in uh, for Christmas Eve. Uh, if I don't, everyone out there have a safe and happy holiday. And we'll see you on the other side of Christmas. And don't panic, everyone. Everything is okay. Yes, it sucks that they lost in the fashion that they did. Jared Bednar is a great coach, and we have great players, and we are still a top-flight team. Don't worry. Just listen to Joey. Go, Abs, go!